Daniel Jones with the MOI, what do you expect and all that? Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's, there's actually more question marks than answers right now, to be honest with you. I mean, we got some of the information back from the doctors, but a lot of that is, you know, we've got to wait to see how this guy responds in a couple of days and can he move around the field and can he do anything? You know, I'd say, listen, my, my approach on every injury is always the same. It's always, number one, can the player hurt it worse by playing? Okay, is it pain tolerance or is there a risk for serious injury? That's number one. Number two, can the player defend themselves on the field, you know, at a level necessary to do their job effectively? So until we can answer those two questions, you know, with absolute certainty, uh, we won't have any answers on what we're going to do in terms of this week. You know, I know Daniel's, you know, going to do everything he can to get on the field. Um, but sometimes as coaches, you got to make a decision to maybe protect the player from themselves and kind of get through their competitiveness. Coach, was it a strain? Was it a pull? What exactly was it? You know, I'm not the doctor. I'm not going to go ahead and try to put a label on it, to be honest with you. But uh, it was enough that, you know, I had to remove him from the game yesterday, and we'll kind of see where he's going forward. When uh, Daniel came back into the game, who made that decision, or was he? what did he tell the trainers that made him feel okay and safe enough to go back in and try again? Well, they examined on the sideline, and, and they thought that if there was a chance for him to go back in, he was obviously pushing to get back in the game and go out there and be with the team and try and do something to help the team. You know, he pushed to get back in there. He was cleared medically. Um, but once he got out there, he couldn't do what was necessary to, you know, play the rest of the game. So he had to take himself out at that point. And obviously that's something we support him fully with. You know, I talked to him, you know, before putting him out there as well. So. Dougie. Hey, Joe, how much do you factor in? Obviously there's four more games after Sunday and hamstring injuries can linger. Does that factor into the equation? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's always part of it, Dan. Uh, again, I kind of go back to the first two things I said is just in, you know, short term, putting him on the field, can he hurt it any worse? You know, I don't think you want to look at it in terms of like this game's not as important as maybe another game coming up. So to me, it's always that one game season. Uh, you don't want to do anything stupid that's going to risk the player and lose them long term. Um, but I'll let the doctors kind of decide, you know, what the short term risk is. And do you have any plans to bring in another quarterback, maybe just to the practice squad, just to have another arm or someone kind of on deck? Yeah, we are. We're explaining. We're uh, actually talking about that right now as an organization, kind of looking through a list of guys. And obviously, the priority be to get somebody in here as quickly as possible to get them through the protocols and uh, you know, go through that kind of cadence to get them even eligible for Sunday. Thank you. Hey, Joe. Um, of the guys who are here in training camp, is uh, Alex the only one who is free? You know, it would be him or Cooper. I'll be honest with you, I've got to check and see where Cooper is exactly right now. I haven't gone through all those lists yet. We had those conversations. We just wrapped up meetings with the players, and I'm going to jump back into some personal discussions when this call's over. Thank you. Bruce Beck. Hey, Joe, message to the team going forward starting this week against Seattle, uh, with or without Daniel. What's, what's your overall uh, focus? Yeah, daily improvement. You know, it sounds kind of just you know, like a broken record right there, but that's what we got to do every day. And we're keeping the focus small in terms of what we have to do individually to you know, help the team collectively. And that's it. We got a tough game, a tough opponent this week. We've got to get ready. And obviously, it's that quick turnaround to go out there, go out west. And uh, we got to do everything we can to get ourselves ready. It's going to be, you know, tough opponent, great challenge going to Seattle. You've seen it around the league and you saw what kind of happened with the Broncos. Would you consider having a quarterback, a third guy, being remote for the time being just to sort of keep him safe and do it going that way? Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously what happened to the Broncos this weekend, I think every team in the league had similar conversations. You know, we did as well Saturday nights at the hotel. And, you know, considering in the future, you know, not even just the quarterback position, but several key positions on the team, 
is it worth keeping those guys isolated and having them zoom in for the meetings? That's definitely something we're discussing right now. That is something we're considering. Um, you know, we've got right now we've got two guys, quarterbacks with live arms at practice. We'll see where Daniel is going forward. We get some more information. Uh, you know, talking about adding a fourth to that group, there's a possibility of that. And uh, we still haven't finalized whether or not we want to bring him in. You know, we're keeping the hotel. I would think the initial conversation there, Jordan, would be whoever it is we bring in, just due to the fact they haven't been with the team or maybe any team for some period of time, you're going to want to get them around the team at some point to at least get out there, throw, take snaps, be around the guys in some capacity. Have you done anything in regard in regards to keeping your guys separated at certain positions? I know you said you mentioned it, but have you done anything to date, or is that something you you might have to alter? I'd say as far as day-to-day -day in the building, yeah. I mean, it starts with going virtual with the meetings, and then when we're in the building, kind of separating guys throughout, you know, the big team meetings, some of the smaller position meetings as well, everything to when we're traveling, where we put guys on buses, where we put guys on planes, how we set up the locker room. We're trying to do everything we can get everybody as spaced out as can be. You know, that, now that only goes so far. At some point, they've got to be in an individual period, standing next to each other, throwing balls, catching balls. They have to be in a team setting where it's 11 on 11. So you can only do so much for so long, but everything that we can do, we are doing. That, yeah, Joe, jumping off that a little bit, you, you guys were down to one quarterback on Sunday. Um, so I'm curious, like, do you have, is there someone in the building that you have as like your emergency quarterback? Like, like is that Golden Tate or, is, or was there somebody you were ready to throw out there if it came to it? There's always a list of guys that want to be in your ear and remind you they played quarterback in high school. Um, I remind them I did the same thing. I'm also not playing on Sunday. But uh, we always go ahead and we have a few contingency plans, whether it's, you know, one of the running backs, one of the tight ends even, you know, or possibly some of the receivers. We put together certain packages. You know, we've already seen Golden throw passes in games. Uh, we've also had packages with other guys doing different things. So, you know, Jason's working with the offense right now and putting everyone's skill set in terms of how we can use different guys in different situations to find advantage. And what, what do you like about uh, Clayton Thorson? You know, he's been with you guys. I think you signed him in, like, September. Like, what, what do you like about him as a quarterback? Yeah, he's a big, strong dude. He's got a big arm. You know, he shows a lot of awareness back there. He's a competitive guy. You can go back to his college tape and see how this guy really plays in the game. He's kind of got that scrappy mentality to him, kind of digs and claws for what he has. And that's kind of showed up in practice as well. He's done a lot of things in practice that have impressed us so point, to this point. And he's, uh, you know, shown a level of development that we're pleased with where he's moving to. Can you just talk a little bit about the difference of – maybe expectations for a quarterback like Colt, either coming coming in cold, not having the reps, and then possibly having a week uh, uh, to prep for, for, a, for an upcoming opponent? I think expectations are always the same. Be able to go in there and execute whatever we ask you to. And listen, not everyone's going to have every snap throughout the week with practice. That's just the reality of the NFL. So Colt's got to take advantage of every rep that he does get, and he gets a significant amount working against our defense. And we try to keep everything as tied in offensively with what maybe we're working with the opponent and what our own offensive techniques are so that all of our guys can work and progress in what we're doing. So you may be running a card for, you know, what the Bengals were doing, but we can go ahead and associate that with what's our route combination, what's our protection side for the line, what's Colts progression on that play. So that way he's getting work as well as our defense at the same time. And we're all going to look at what we have to look at. I'd say for Colt, he came in the game. It, listen, it was a tough thing coming off cold off the sideline. But, you know, he came in, did some really nice things for us, made some tough throws in tough situations, you know, made some good runs for us. And, uh, look, he's a vet. He's got a lot of experience. He goes out there with a good amount of savvy, can you know, really manage the game. But, you know, we'll set the game up however we need to, whether it's Daniel, whether it's Colt, whether it's Clayton, whoever it ends up being, in terms of, you know, working to their strong points. And then did you have any update on um, uh, Fackrell and, and Ebner? 
So, you know, Fackrell's got the lower leg injury right there. We're going to wait and see how he looks also later in the week. Um, you know, again, this first day out, everyone's sore, everyone's tight. We'll see how he looks come Wednesday and Thursday. You know, Ebner, um, again, he looks like he's going to rebound pretty fast. One thing that I'm being around Nate for a long time is he's kind of like, he's like the girl who's got eight kids. and can tell you she's pregnant before, you know, she's taking a test. He kind of knows what's going on with his body. And, uh, you know, walking off at halftime, he was able to kind of relate to me, you know, what the injury was kind of similar to and what he was thinking about it. So, you know, sure enough, that's exactly what's confirmed by the doctors today. So, you know, been around that guy for a long time. He'll do everything he can to get back this Sunday. All right. Hey, Joe, and I know, you know, under normal circumstances with tonight's game, we would be asking you, you know, what, what do you think about watching the division? But with Seattle being your next opponent, uh, knowing you and your staff, have you guys set together, you know, kind of research tonight? I mean, have you assigned guys different things to be looking for to pick up tendencies since it's something that's unfolding live for you? Well, you know what, actually, uh, we haven't had to assign anything special, but everyone's already got their own, you know, areas of what they have to research. We do use a lot of the TV games anyway to try to find different views of things. There's things you can pick up on TV that you can on a coach's copy. Um, you know, this obviously being a division game, uh, we've already played Philly twice, though. But, you know, being Seattle, uh, it kind of sets up pretty nice. You know, now it's kind of a little bit different. You know, the entire league is shut down. We're all working from home today. So I'm home right now. We're already, you know, grading the tape, meeting with the players via Zoom. And then tonight we'll be able to sit down and, you know, look, we're watching Monday Night Football, but you're actually working ahead. So it's not a bad change up and a break right there in how we're doing it. But it'll be good for our guys that are listening to communication. It'll be good for the guys who are looking for certain things that may be coming up on their sideline or in substitution patterns. But there's a lot of times you get from the TV view, you know, different angles of guys of seeing different views and clearer shots that may apply to how you're going to coach technique on your team. And if I could just ask you your schedule for the weekend, are you using the same uh, philosophy that you did when you went to LA for the Rams game? Are you got, you know, what are you guys doing? Yeah, we are. So we talked to the captains and some of the older players when we got back from LA and I wanted immediate feedback on what they thought about it, you know, and really the immediate feedback tied into also the next week, because it really is a week long process. So we got back from LA on Monday. I talked to them on Wednesday morning, how they felt about it. And then I checked with them the following Monday and kind of saw if they thought it was beneficial the way the previous week went. They all did. They liked it a lot. We're going to go back with the same mentality. So we'll go out to Seattle early on Saturday morning. Uh, we'll land. We'll have a walkthrough at a local high school to get the guys up and moving, get some blood pumping through their, uh, through their legs. And then we'll go to the hotel. We'll have some quick meetings. We, you know, we'll get them off their feet, get them some sleep. And then after the game on Sunday, we'll go back to the hotel. We'll stay overnight. And then we'll wake up Monday morning and fly back. What we found last time that really helped with more than anything is instead of taking kind of almost not quite, but kind of that red eye type of flight coming back where you're worn down, you're tired, you get a short night of sleep Sunday into Monday, you're tired on Monday, catch up to you on Tuesday. And then all of a sudden, by the time you hit Thursday, you really get that reciprocal you know, wear and tear on your body where it sets you back a little bit. We saw with this right here, getting a good night's sleep on Sunday, waking up fresh on Monday. Everyone got home by, I call it, 8 o'clock. We're actually going to get home a little bit earlier this time. We're going to leave a little bit earlier. We'll get everyone home, get them a good night, get a good night's sleep, wake up fresh on Tuesday, and get rolling forward. So that worked out well for us last time, so we're going to use the same schedule for the most part. Thanks, Joe. Forbes? Hey, Joe. Hey, Paul. Hey, um, you mentioned that, um, you know, the uh, Daniel Jones, the MRI uh, 
provided more questions than answers, but um, was there a sigh of relief that it was not a significant hamstring tear or anything like that? And are you, are you um, very confident that if this is not a one-week thing, it's not more than a one-week thing? I couldn't give an answer on if it's one week, more than one week right now, Paul. I, I'm just, look, I'm not qualified. And to be honest with the doctors I talked to today, they don't have that crystal ball to look through either right now. I would say this, um, look, this is a tough dude. Like he's a tough guy and he's a very competitive guy and he wants to be out there. And, you know, if we gave him the option today, he'd jump out there, I'm sure, with duct tape on his leg and try to go at it. That being said, you know, we've got to give this guy a few days to get out there in the field and see if he can move around, see if he can do something. Um, and then the time will tell based on, you know, when he can get out there and properly defend himself and execute the game plan effectively. Um, I, I can't give you any definite answer on that. Um, there's not much to really hide on this, to be honest with you, these types of injuries. We just got to give the player a few days to get out there and see where it really is. The day after, there's going to be some swelling. It's going to be tight. There's going to be, you know, issues that show up. We have to see how he reacts from a couple of days of treatment and what we can do to get him going on the grass. You've mentioned several times, you know, the player, you want to make sure it doesn't worsen the injury if you play him hamstrings are notorious that they can get worse and um, also with a guy like Daniel Jones who was uses his legs so often so much is that a different kind of framework for him versus maybe more of a pocket quarterback where if he can't run he can't play no I wouldn't say that necessarily I mean would, would it maybe change some of the things that we would call in the game plan possibly if we felt this wasn't something that he could hurt worse or something that he, you know, could still go out there and defend himself by just playing maybe a little bit different with the play calling, I would have no issue putting him out there with that, you know. But I just want to make sure, like, look, there's going to be guys rushing at him to try and take his head off. I want to make sure I don't put a guy out there in a position where he can't defend himself. That's just not fair to him. And he may, you know, he's going to go out there with a lot of, you know, courage. He's going to want to stand back there. But we've got to evaluate make sure we do the right thing by him. Thank you. We have time for two more. Pat Leonard, Don Levy. Pat Leonard. Hey, Joe, do you expect to have the three guys on the COVID reserve list available this week? It does the fact that you're remote these first couple of days uh, impede your ability to evaluate them early? So it really won't affect our evaluations as coaches. Tomorrow will actually be their third day of the ramp-up period. So they'll be on the field. They were on there today. They'll be on the field again tomorrow with our trainers and the medical staff. And then Wednesday when we're all back, we should have a chance to possibly see them. Now we'll get more answers on where they're at. They have to go through a series of cardiac testing, some other standard procedures for the leg to make sure they're clear on everything. Uh, I know all the guys are getting stir crazy, uh, being isolated right now and anxious to get back. The one thing we've got to really make sure with these guys is they have missed a significant amount of time as far as being out there training, being on the field. You know, we had the bye week, okay, that kind of carried over into last week of them not being around the building. So this isn't like they just missed, you know, one week of practice and they came on back. These guys have been dealing with something physically for over a week now, and they've been sitting in a position where they haven't been up, they haven't been active. So we got to make sure we can't just bring these guys back and assume, okay, they're full go. You know, we got to see these guys move around, make sure the conditioning level's up, make sure we're not putting them at a risk of soft tissue injuries and things of that nature because they haven't been out there moving around. So, but our training staff will put them through a series of things tomorrow to kind of gauge where they're at and then also see if they're clear to practice with the team. Uh, assuming everything goes well, we do look forward to getting them back this week if that's possible. And uh, as soon as we can have him back, we're going to look to incorporate him and get him moving forward as best we can. And real quick, is uh, James Bradbury, whatever he was tending to last week, is that something that you consider now behind him and that's not a concern as far as his availability, you know, for Seattle and other games? Uh, Pat, I really couldn't answer that. It's a, it's a family matter with him. Um, 
you know, look, I, I don't want to go into his personal business right there. It was something we look, if anyone on this call was dealing with the same thing, we would encourage them. Hey, you go take care of your family right now. Make sure things good. Yeah. Uh, James did a great job last week for us of staying engaged. He was in all the meetings through zoom. He showed up. We had a good practice on Friday, played a good game for us. You know, he, he's a guy who's getting a game ball for the way he had to handle last week and really made a lot of sacrifices and was able to combine, you know, personal adversity, you know, and some sacrifice to make sure you're still there for the team. So I did a really nice job for us in that and really proud of the way he handled that. Um, look, to be honest with you, I hope for his family's sake and for everyone's sake that he doesn't have to deal with it again. Um, but if it comes back up and he does, same as last week, we'll support him and make sure that we're in a position to help him with whatever he needs. Thanks. Last one here, Don Levy. Yo, with uh, Colt, he's obviously been around a long time and he's been in a lot of different offenses. Can he adapt to, like, can you run the same game plan you normally would and just put Colt in there with the same kind of plays? Or do you guys have to adapt your game plan to Colt kind of like the way it seems like you've run the ball differently with Wayne than with Saquon or something similar to that? Well, I think the first part of the question is, you know, no, we don't have to change the offense. We can put him in there. We can run our offense. Uh, if Colt's taking the snaps, may there be a few different things that Jason determines are good to run with Colt? Yeah, absolutely. So it doesn't matter, you know, exactly what it is. It's based on the opponent and what our players do well. We're going to try to find the best way to use their strengths. So, you know, as the guys put the game plan together for this week and as we talk through different scenarios, I'm sure there may be a different wrinkle here or there at some point. But that's not just because, you know, what there's a limit of. You know, we ran our offense yesterday with Colt, and Jason called it off the same play sheet in the same way, and uh, Colt went in there and executed and did a good job for us. Is he more – is he capable of doing the RPOs? I saw Jason called a couple of those yesterday. Yeah, Colt's got a history of running the ball. You know, he's, he's an athletic quarterback. He's a tough dude. He's a gritty dude. You know, you go back to, you know, just yesterday he was running the ball. You know, go back early in his career, he did the same thing through college and high school and all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, Colt's, Colt's a gritty dude. He, he's, you know, put the ball in his hand put him on the edge, let him run around, throw the ball, sit him in the pocket, run some RPOs, some zone reads. There's not much we got to change in the offense. You know, and Colt's very good as, as far as adapting to new schemes, different things. He goes out there. He's got a very clear vision of what's going on with the opponent. He does a great job through practice, you know, with us and during the week of giving input back to me and Pat Graham in terms of what our defense is doing against him and how he sees it and what's tough or maybe something he sees as a tendency or a tip that we go ahead and we adjust going in the game plan. So, but Colt's a very smart player. Um, he used a lot of that experience, you know, as a strength, and we'll count on doing that going forward.